Hello and welcome back to the Man to Man podcast. I am one of two hosts, Trey Vaughn, and the other, as always, my man, Kelvin Dooley. How's it going today, Kelvin? Going well. Uh, take two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take two. This is, <laughs> this is take two. And uh, I'm doing good, man. Ready to talk uh, some sports today. Yeah, take two, right? I guess, I guess you had to have a little stumble since we're uh, coming back from the holidays. First show back from the holidays, I had a little stumble on take one. Yeah. How was the holidays for you? At least man, uh, uh, Christmas, how was it? Yeah, uh, Christmas was good, man. Uh, busy, uh, as always. Seems like we're going all over the place. Landy's got family here in Missouri. I've got family in Oklahoma and Kansas. So uh, plenty of driving, uh, but it, it, it's great. All the, all the time spent with family makes up for all the annoying hours spent on the road. Nice. Yeah. What about you? What, what What was your holidays like, and and what what were you able to do? Uh, I I was able to go back home to Kansas City. Nice. And just spend time with the family. I uh, got to see my niece, and uh, you know, just watch football and basketball. That was really yeah. it. Open some presents and just be around the family. You know, for a couple of days before returning back to reality, and that's. Uh, my lonely home and, and work. So, you know, <laughs> I hear you. Enjoy myself. You. Yeah. A lot of the same, man. Watching sports, opening presents, eating a lot of good food. And yeah. Spending time with family. Um, so, with that being said, uh, on the script today, we have Who's Hotter? We're going to bring a couple of NFL teams to you. And Kelvin and I will discuss which team is hotter at the moment. We're going to bring a couple of bad acts to you. There's some teams in the NFL, in my opinion, that are underperforming. Uh, Kelvin and I are going to discuss uh, which team has underperformed the most, or maybe Kelvin, if he has a different one, uh, will bring in other teams. Uh, But we're going to discuss teams underperforming in the NFL, as well as a new look to the NBA. It seems the Eastern Conference is really um, kind of deeper this year than than usual. Uh, We're going to discuss, discuss what the NBA has looked like uh, through at least through the Christmas uh, Christmas Day games. And lastly, we will bring you winners and losers of the NFL Week 16. Before that, let's discuss the national holidays. We've already discussed Christmas has passed. New Year's is coming up. But today, Kelvin, is National Call-A-Friend Day, Chocolate Candy Day, and Pledge of Allegiance Day. Uh, do any of these stand out to you? Yeah, all three. Okay. Okay. Um, Call a friend. I mean, I don't know if you would consider this calling a friend, this, this podcast. We call up each other and, and do a podcast weekly. Yep. Um, Pledge of Allegiance. You know, I haven't done the Pledge of Allegiance. It hasn't been that long. I'm, I can't I can't sit here and give you a timeline as to when's the last time I've done it. Um, but that's a pretty cool moment. That's a, a moment where uh, at least for, you know, 30 seconds, we're all, you know, united. We're all one. Yes whether that's in a classroom or, you know, a stadium venue, that's always a pretty cool moment. Yeah. And then chocolate day. I just had chocolate. I had chocolate. I was up past midnight into today, and I was eating um, – I missed a good bar. What is it called? I missed a good something. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. The chocolate – the milk chocolate yeah. candy bar with the peanuts in it. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, all three of those holidays, actually. Okay. So, uh, just to bounce – Back off of what you uh, said. So National Call a Friend Day, absolutely. Uh, that, that's the first thing I thought of. 
was was this podcast when National Call a Friend Day. I was like, oh, of course that would happen on, on the day of one of our podcasts since we call each other every day for a podcast. Um, but yeah, man, and, and just being able to call a friend, talk for a little bit, you know, catch up uh, because, you know, obviously life gets in the way of, of being able to, you know, make communication with friends every day. So uh, just being able to call a friend and catch up is nice. So um, this one st- stood out to me. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance Day, I'm with you. This one stood out to me as well, just wherever you may end up doing it. Classroom is obviously the first one that comes to mind for me. Uh, and Just, yeah, being able to do the Pledge of Allegiance, like you said, everyone's united for at least, you know, that little bit of time uh, when we all recite the Pledge of Allegiance. And lastly, Chocolate Candy Day, man. I'm not a big chocolate fan. Uh, I'm kind of weird, but, like, I, I do enjoy a good Snickers. That's my favorite candy bar. Um I know you mentioned a Mr. Good bar, but is that your favorite or do you have a, a different candy bar? That would be your favorite. I, you know, I'm wherever the chocolate takes me. So one moment it's a Snicker, one moment it's a Kit Kat, uh, okay. then it's Whoppers. You know, I, I, I just love chocolate candy. Do I have a favorite? No, I, I catch myself binge eating, you know, one specific bar every like three months. So, yeah, like okay. I said, I may be caught up in a Butterfinger one moment and then a what you might call it or Mr. Good bar the next. It's just okay. You know, but I love a ball, brother. Gotcha. Okay. With that being said, one thing I don't ever switch up is the Mountain Dew. So, there's our moment of Dew. Never fails. Um, Yeah, every every podcast day is National Mountain Dew Day for for TV. (laughs) Can't ever can't ever switch up the Mountain Dew. Stay consistent. Okay, Kelvin, these two teams in the NFL that I think, and and I don't even know if it's any question, but the two hottest teams in the NFL right now are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. The Chiefs, winners of eight straight. The Dolphins, on the other hand, winners of seven straight. Of course, it would be easy to just say the Chiefs' win streak has been more impressive because it's one game longer. Um, But... I'm going to ask you, which one do you think is more impressive, the Chiefs' eight-game win streak or the Dolphins' seven-game win streak? Well, the most impressive one is the Miami Dolphins, given that they – I think they started the season 0-7, if I'm not mistaken. 1-7. The Miami Dolphins. I'm sorry? 1-7. They did win yeah. their season opener with New England. Okay, so they started 1-7. So now those guys are on a seven-game winning streak. Um, given where they've come from with that one to seven start to the first half of the season, I, it's not easy. It's not an easy choice in the Dolphins. But I'm going with the Miami Dolphins, what they've done with a second year quarterback, Brian Flores. I remember he was on the hot seat list that you sent me. And we actually discussed yeah. it. And I was asking, why the hell is he on this list? It just makes no sense. I think, I've, I think that question has proved me right um, yeah. you know, a month or two down the line. Why the hell was he on the hot seat to begin with? He's a great young coach. Uh, defensive minded. The defense is getting better. They're emerging. They're playing much better. Tua hasn't been, like, great or elite by any stretch, but he's played good football. Hey, he's led those guys to seven straight wins. I don't care who you play and why you play them. Seven straight wins in the NFL isn't easy. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Okay. And, and, and I'm – I'm with you on that, and and like I said, it's kind of easy to just look at the Chiefs and go, look, they've won one more game in a row, so theirs is more impressive. But I think I'm with you because the the start at one and seven, it would have been easy to just write it off and just say, you know what, this season's over with. We're, we're one and seven. 
Uh, we're we're going to be down here with the Jaguars all year uh, and the Lions. Let's let's just call it a season and let, let's just get a high draft pick for next year. And they did the exact opposite. They, they've rattled off seven in a row. Uh, and now they're looking at a playoff berth. They are currently the last team in the wild card. Um, they, they have a tiebreaker over the Baltimore Ravens. So they are currently uh, in position to make the playoffs. Now, of course, they've got two more games left. They're going to have to continue to win. But they are in position to um, earn themselves a playoff spot. So, yeah, I think I think this is more impressive. Now, let's not discount what the Chiefs have done. They, of course, were sitting at three and four. They looked like they could have been handing the division over to any of the three AFC West teams who were all, I think, perched above them or or at least um, right there with them. I, I think everyone was ahead of the Chiefs when they were three and four. If not, maybe the Broncos were tied with them at three and four. Um, nonetheless, the Chiefs were, you know, they were in trouble. It looked like they weren't going to win the division. And, you know, fast forward to today, uh, the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West or have won the AFC West. And, uh, you know, they, they're looking at, at potentially being the number one seed in the AFC uh, yet again. So, again, they have really flipped their season around, too, in their eight-game stretch. Uh, I just think the way the Dolphins did it uh, to come from literally the bottom of the league to where they're to, to a playoff spot I think is slightly more impressive. And, and maybe just because quarterback – they don't have as much talent. They have a young coach, uh, whereas the Chiefs, you kind of expected this at some point. They were going to turn it around with Mahomes under center, all of those weapons on offense, uh, plus the uh, veteran coach and Andy Reid. It, it just seemed more possible, I guess, for the Chiefs to make this turnaround uh, instead of the Dolphins. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I'm going with the Dolphins. No one is surprised that the Chiefs are where they are currently. Exactly. Um, I think those who would say that would probably be caught up in the three and four start, and we were all asking the same questions when the Chiefs were playing that bad brand of football, but look at them now. No one is surprised. No one is surprised that they are heading uh, for another number one seed. I want to say three, and it makes three in the last four or two in the last three seasons. Uh, No one is surprised that they – Super Bowl will now, or at least the AFC, excuse me, will head through Arrowhead Stadium, assuming they went out and, and claimed that number one spot. So to see the Chiefs where they are right now, no one is surprised. That's why I can't give those guys the, um, the hottest the hottest streak or the hottest team. For the Dolphins in that division, which is a tough division, excluding the, uh, the Jets yeah. with the Patriots and the Bills, to see those guys climb back in it and give themselves a fighting chance late into December – uh, heading into January, the most impressive streak got to be the Miami Dolphins. I agree. And with that, we are staying in the NFL from the hottest teams to now the least impressive teams or the uh, underachieving teams in the NFL this season. We have three teams specifically who have probably underachieved. I have another team in mind that is underachieved. Uh, but let's just start with these three teams. You tell me which of the three. TV, who you've been least impressed with. We have the Cleveland Browns were one team. And I think I forgot the other two teams. How about this? You give me your least impressive team this season. Okay. Season, so, excuse me. You're good. So the three I had um, initially in mind, like you mentioned, the Cleveland Browns, uh, they're sitting at seven and eight. I also uh, w- would add to just to my list with the Denver Broncos. Who are also seven and eight, and the Seattle Seahawks who are five and ten. 
of these three that I that I just have in my mind, I would I would immediately um, say say the Cleveland Browns are the least impressive to me this year. I think they had all the talent. Um, they you know came off of a, a season where they were where they were very impressive um, in you know meeting the Chiefs in the playoffs um, and and ultimately being eliminated, but had a great season. They they've completely flipped the script this year. They had all the drama. Um, Baker Mayfield and and not throwing the ball to OBJ, whatever that was about. OBJ leaves. He's now a, a Los Angeles Ram. Um, and the Cleveland Browns have been nothing but mediocre this year. Um, now, granted, Baker's missed some games. Case Keenum has had to start. Um, they've had Nick Chubb out at times. They've had Kareem Hunt out at times. So they've dealt with injuries. Um, Kareem Hunt, in fact, is still out right now. But uh, they've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with players being out. But this team's just been very unimpressive to me. Uh, I just I think they've underperformed greatly. Um, it, it, now to compare them to the other two that I have on the list, the only reason I'm not going to throw say Seattle, who's sitting at five and ten, the only reason I don't think they've been more um, unimpressive is because Russell Wilson has missed an extended period of time. Uh, he missed like four games with an injury, and I, I really think he leads that team. He is the engine of that team. Uh, just what he can do with the ball in his hands is, is unbelievable. And making, you know, passes downfield to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think he is that team. So with his loss, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give them a little bit of a, an ex, you know, kind of an excuse me. Um, they, they, they get a little bit of a break because Russell Wilson has been out for so long. You know, I think missing him for four games and losing, I think all but one of those really kills, kills their season. Um, and then, of course, the Broncos, I think they're underperforming, but not to the extent of the Browns. I expected a lot more out of the Browns than I did the Denver Broncos this year. Again, I thought the Broncos were a playoff team, but uh, I thought the Browns had a chance to be up there with the Kansas City Chiefs as a, a number one, number two seed uh, this year. So um, Browns are my most unimpressive team. I just think Baker Mayfield in, in this offense has really struggled. I'm with you on the Browns, and I won't really add much more to that. Um, I, that's a talented team with a boatload of talent, uh, really, and almost and nearly all positions. Uh, one of the best O-lines in football. They got really good at weapons. And that's even after they traded OBJ, who is, who is thriving in, with the Rams in Los Angeles. I'll, I'll, look, you gave Russell Wilson some slack. You cut him some slack. I won't cut him some slack or any slack at all. I think he's an elite quarterback. And with the exception of his injuries, he still hasn't played great football when he has been in the game. So okay. I, I won't cut him slack just because he is an elite quarterback. He is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And, I, you know, much blame is to go to Pete Carroll, too. I think that was that would probably be my most underachieving team this year. Seattle Seahawks, they go all in on the uh, Jamal Adams trade, the safety, to bring him in. Yeah. Uh, the defense hasn't necessarily gotten any better. The <laughs> offense is very vanilla and just kind of bad and basic, and they can't really do anything outside of throw the deep ball. When that's not connecting, they're just a bad offense. So yeah. I would probably go Seattle as the most underachieving team. Uh, I take great joy in saying this one, the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. okay. Because every season we hype up the Chargers, the Chargers, <laughs> the Chargers, and the Chargers always find the way to Charger which is just, you know, blow games late, uh, just make boneheaded decisions, or lose games like they lost this past Sunday against the Houston Texans, okay? Yes, sir. Granted, yeah, yeah, every team is battling injuries and the COVID protocols, but they lost to the Houston Texans, okay? So, I mean, I take great joy in saying that one. 
I, I didn't have like monster expectations for the Chargers anyway to begin with. But you know what? Everybody was Herbert this and Herbert that, and now they're eight to seven and coming off a loss. So the Texans, I know, you kind of you, it kind of makes sense now. Like there's only one quarterback of uh, you know this one or two guys of their actual generation. You say, yeah, that guy's different. Brady, the Breeze, the Manning, the Rogers, the Mahomes. I'm not quite sure Herbert is in that category yet. So the fact that we put him up there so soon. And okay. Yes, he's great in year two. He's awesome in year two. He's just not Mahomes yet. He's not Rodgers yet. He's not in that. Those guys are just different. He is like tier two. Mahomes, Rodgers, number one. Maybe you could throw Brady in that tier one. But everybody, there's those three and everybody else. And Burrow, Herbert, those guys, those young guys are nice and they're balling. They're just not ready yet. So yeah, yeah. I take great joy in Trent saying the Chargers. And just to piggyback off you, TV, again with the Browns. Hey, I had high expectations. I'm thinking AFC title game possibly. Um, hey, uh, it just didn't work out that way. And yeah. the Browns were – they just so happened to be the Browns. So yeah. until they – they have to get over a hump as a franchise, not just with the guy that's on the field. There's that, – that franchise, it, we haven't seen it been done yet since we've been living. I won't believe until I actually see the Browns do it so yeah. those are three good teams but I, I can't cut Seattle any slack man a bad team this I hear year you. I hear you so sounds like we agree on one thing before we transition here it sounds like we agree on one thing the Browns are definitely the least impressive of the AFC and uh or, or underperforming maybe not least impressive but under underperforming and then NFC it sounds like we both agree the Seahawks as well yes huh. I'll go in two more teams Okay. I just gave the Dolphins a lot of praise, but to start one and seven okay. had me baffled. Okay, okay. I'll throw the they're not underachieving, but they're not as good as I thought they were. Uh, okay. These last two games are really defined the Dolphins. So I'll throw the Dolphins in there, and this one is a late entry. The Arizona Cardinals. Really? Yeah. So, so I, I again, I didn't have great expectations of those guys coming into the season to begin with. I want to say I had a finishing fourth in the division. But with that being said, the way that they are tailing off, how they started the first 12 games, I was really impressed. Like, that's the best team in football. How they've kind of tailspin the last three or four weeks. I hear you. Yeah. Late entry, very late entry. And they may not even qualify because they have had a great season. But I don't know. Like, they're coming, they're coming back down to earth, and they're coming yeah. really rapidly. I think they started 9-1. and one. I could be wrong. But if they did start 9-1, and one, they are 1-4. and four since uh, because they sit at 10 and 5 now of course this most recent loss to the Colts is is a loss to someone I consider a good team uh, a very competitive defensive team Um, but the loss of the Lions does that does kind of I mean that that really benefits your your you know uh, opinion here because that loss is just one you can't take you know similar similar to the Steelers tying with them um in overtime, you know that, that to, for the Steelers, even the, even a team that's middle of the road, you just can't have that tie. Um, so yeah, it, that, that's a it's a bad loss for the Cardinals, and, and that does kind of maybe the second half of the season, maybe they have been underperforming in the second half. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I again late, very late entry, but just how they how they're going, how they've played the last month and a half, I'm, I just haven't been impressed. But yeah, for sure. On to the NBA and how we may see it as the new NBA. 
Whereas in the West, the top two teams in the West and the top two teams in basketball, uh, regardless of league, the Phoenix Suns, excuse me, the, the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns are the top two teams in the West and the NBA. But in the East, there are eight teams above 500, with the Brooklyn Nets being uh, the number one team at the moment. Uh, TV, are you liking this new NBA? And what stands out so far from either conference to you during this NBA season? Um, yeah, I think I think I'm liking it because it, it just it looks new. It looks different because we're so used to you know like back in LeBron's days in the East, and, and even since he's left, we've had like the Milwaukee Bucks at the top and, and having the best record in the NBA, being the best team in the NBA with you know, the rest of the Eastern Conference below them just being far below them. But it looks like we've got a flip, you know, something's flipped because the West, we have two teams with just six losses in the Warriors and the Suns. Uh, sorry, the Suns have seven losses, but just six and seven losses with those teams. And they're looking like they're going to run away with it. Uh, and then there's just two more teams in the West with winning records right now. Uh, there are a couple teams right at 500, but just – four teams with winning records in the West. This seems like an old Eastern conference uh, where LeBron James, or like I, like I mentioned, the Milwaukee Bucks recently were just running away with the Eastern conference. It seems like, it seems like we flipped because like you said, the East has eight teams with winning records uh, compared to just the West four. It just seems like the East has gotten deeper. Um, and maybe the West is getting those dominant teams now where we used to see the Eastern conference uh, being dominated by LeBron or Giannis's uh, teams, I I am not surprised with what we've seen in the NBA so far this season. I've had great joy in watching both the Suns and the Warriors play uh, this season and play each other. I think the Warriors hold that. I think they played each other three times, and the Warriors are up two games to one. I think you're right, um, and which is great. They're in the same division, the same NBA division. I know you, I'm a diehard NBA fan, and I can even name all six divisions uh, in the NBA. <laughs> but I can tell you that those two are in the same division, and they're really going at each other's necks. I think most recently Curry said when, when both of these teams stepped on the floor in their most recent matchup, it was personal. So I love to hear that. I love to hear yeah. that from Curry at his veteran um, age and where he's at in the NBA, uh, leading that young that young team, that young – uh, they're not too young, but they have a lot of young guys You're leading that young team against a team that's coming out for NBA Finals appearance, you know, with CP3 and Devin Booker. So uh, regardless of how many times they play this season, that's always going to be a great matchup. And I would love to see – that's looking like right now at Finals – NBA – I'm sorry, NBA Western Conference Finals preview because the third, four, five, six teams in the, NBA, in the West, I can care less about. I, I'm not yeah. impressed with anybody. So – as for the East, I'm just waiting on the Bucks to really like wake up and catch their stride. Because I, I okay. don't think anybody can beat the Bucks, and that goes oh. in the NBA, not just the East, but all Ooh. of the NBA. I think the okay. Bucks have the best player. Uh, I started the season saying KD's the best player, and he's certainly played like that when he was in the ball game. But I give me give me Giannis. I, I'm transitioning to Giannis and to Kupo. He's the best player coming off the Finals MVP with the best team in a deeper conference. So he'll come into the postseason just tested already. Um, and when they catch their stride, I mean, I don't – yeah. I, I, TB, I'm not sure on the Nets. I love KD now. Um, James Harden has just kind of been eh. – and then you got 
you know, um, part-time work in Kyrie Irving. So I just don't know how that plays out. Like that's the biggest hurdle yet. I just don't know how that, like, I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the Sixers. Speaking of underachieving teams, the Boston Celtics, which I wasn't high on anyway, but yeah. they're just not a good team. The East, the East is, is, is a little deeper, a little bit more um, tightly, you know, a little bit more congested. But, yeah, give me give me the Bucks right now in the long haul. And then anytime the Warriors or Suns are on TV, um, I'm, I'm dialed in. So I'm not – nothing has really caught me off guard this NBA season. Okay. So – in, in my opinion, I think what what we're looking at, we've got five teams in the East that all have a 60-win percentage or better. Uh, Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers are the fifth seed in the East, and they are 20-13. and 13. And then after that, you've got – How about teams. that? Yeah, a, a young team, by the way. Uh, speaking of young, you know, Darius Garland um, and Mobley, uh, the, the young big man. I mean, Lori Markinen, I believe, is, is in Cleveland. I mean, they, they, they're just young. Uh, and they're playing yep. excellent basketball right now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, with that team at the five seed um, and, and playing better than I think anybody anticipated, ahead of them you have the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls, and like you mentioned, uh, the Nets. I mean, those four teams right there I think are all going to stay uh, good and at the top. Cleveland kind of concerns me just because they're young. Um, but I just I think depth, I think the Eastern Conference is really up for grabs right now. Um, and you mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks. Nobody can beat them. I think, like, we know what the, what they bring to the table. They, they won the finals last year. We know what they're going to be like come the end of the season when they've got everything going. Um, but what concerns me is the Brooklyn Nets. I still – and I hate to bring him up because he's been absent all year, but when Kyrie Irving returns, this team only gets better, right, or should only get better. Uh, if he does, we don't, and, and that's another thing. We don't even know if he is going to return. Um, Kyrie is not played a single game. He was going to be a part-time player and play away games only, but then he was in COVID protocol. So now he ha- still hasn't set on set foot on the floor. Um, but if this man ever gets on the floor, that automatically makes Brooklyn better or does it not? I think it does. It, it makes him better, but I just don't. He's 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 only going to play road games, which is which is an issue within itself. I've, it since I've been alive, I've never known any NBA player to just play road games. Now, yeah, sure, there hasn't been a pandemic either, but yeah. still, it, it's it's just I just don't get him. You know yeah. what I mean? I just don't under. Not that I'm trying to understand him, but I don't understand. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand him. So it's just I. I just don't know what the Nets. And I think he is enough of a distraction to cost any team that he's on. And I, I don't care if he was a Formula One driver. He would distract his team. And <laughs> I just don't know how a team gets over that. Like, yeah, Kevin Durant, we just seen it in the playoffs last year. Kevin Durant and Giannis cancel each other out, all right? He's cancel each other out. Yeah. Now, past that, James Harden was hurt, so his value was nothing. He was little of no help. Yeah. And then the rest of the team got them the seven, along with KD's heroics. They got the seven after him and Giannis canceled each other out. The Bucs just proved to be a better team. I yeah. don't see a real difference in that, like how that plays out again this year. Yeah. Like they will can- Those two will cancel each other out. Who has the better team now? Harden versus Middleton. Kyrie versus Lopez or whoever that uh, Drew Holiday. I am banking on Middleton and Holiday. 
than I am Harden and part-time worker Kyrie. I, yeah. Well, at, at all times, I just don't, I don't, I think that's an easy decision as well. Yeah. Like, well, you got to think like if they do meet in the playoffs, like that, say Kyrie is being a part-time player in the playoffs. That makes, that makes the job that much easier for the Bucks. They only got to worry about guarding Kyrie half of the games. Like, right. Like the rest of the series, who cares? We don't got to worry about Kyrie because he can't play at home. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it seems hard, but it does. It, you know, I'm just curious. You know, is, is Kyrie eventually going to decide that he's going to play full time? Is is something going to eventually change? If if it does, it better change before you know playoff time. If he if he waits till playoff time to try and become a full time player. Then I think that's too late because you know by then how many games has he played? Twenty five, you know, like he's already missed a good portion of the season and he hasn't even played a game yet. Um, and then being a part time player the rest of the way, how many games does he get under his belt? Twenty five, maybe thirty. Um, yeah, I just he he better figure he better find out how bad he wants to be on the court sooner rather than later uh, because the Nets will need him come playoff time and they will need him to be ready. I mean they don't want a Kyrie who's played in zero basketball games come playoff time. So. Um, he better get some games under his belt, and uh, he better get it figured out. Or I agree with you. I think the Nets could uh, – or the Milwaukee Bucks are, are going to be hard to beat in the playoffs. Um, but I still I still see the chance of the Nets. I just – I think they need Kyrie Irving because it's just – it helps them that much more. No, they absolutely do. He's one of the best postseason performers in basketball today. I don't think you mentioned yeah. postseason performers and not no. include his name in the top three – you know, um, I would put LeBron in there, Kevin Durant. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard has a good, great debate for that third spot. You can yeah. make the case that he's probably number two. Um, Damian Lillard, you, I think, has a great um, debate for that. Kyrie yeah. Irving, um, I, I don't know. He, I mean, he's just amongst the best when it comes to postseason play. Sure. Uh, one, one other team I want to talk about quickly. Uh, the, the Sixers, who I have great expectations of, I think they can end up in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm very intrigued as to what they'll do with Ben Simmons. I think that, that clock is ticking. We're running out of time. February is fast approaching. Uh, we're just a month and a half out uh, from the month of February. You know, the Portland Trailblazers haven't, haven't gotten up to a great start. It, will Marcus Smart get traded? I think, you know, will the Spurs get in on this? I think that all starts with the lead domino, and that is Ben Simmons in the Sixers. So, I had again. I think I had those guys in my Eastern Conference Finals. I'm waiting to see what the Sixers do. Yeah, yeah. The Sixers are, are currently one game above 500, but again, they're they're one of those teams uh, in the East that's above 500, and a team that you know can can turn it on and start playing better at any moment. So, um, that kind of brings me to my last thing before we get out of here. What I just kind of wanted to mention. Not only do we have eight teams in the East above 500, your next four teams are all teams just under 500. The Boston Celtics, the team that we think is underperforming, but they do possess the talent to turn it on, I think. The Toronto Raptors, who have dealt with plenty of COVID problems, they're just two games below 500. Another team I think can turn it on. New York Knicks, a team that was in the playoffs last year, just a few games below 500. They are definitely underperforming at the moment. But again, I think they possess the talent. They showed it last year that they could, you know, be a playoff team. And lastly, the Atlanta Hawks also right there with the New York Knicks, a few games below 500. So uh, Trey Young and company played those New York Knicks in the playoffs last year and swept them. Uh, so, or maybe not swept them, but beat them in five, I think at least. Uh, beat them easily, nonetheless, in a playoff series. So 
all four of those teams, I think, are, are competitive there. So, really, I think the East is 12 teams deep. I think they have 12 teams that are, you know, going to be competing for a playoff spot. Um, and then you, you just – you go back to the West, and I, those four teams above 500, you have the Clippers and Nuggets right at 500. Uh, by the way, the Jazz and Grizzlies are the other, other two teams above 500 we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, the Jazz are kind of flying under the radar. They're 24-9, and nine, so they're having an excellent season too. There's really three teams just f- flying on top of the West. Um, but then the Memphis Grizzlies and under 500, you get the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, the Lakers who are really underperforming, and then the Spurs who are, I mean, they're 14-19. and 19. They're really struggling. So I just, the West just seems like it's, not very deep right now. Do you think any of those four teams uh, that are under 500, I mentioned the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, and the Spurs, do you think any of those have a chance to to turn it on and really improve what has been a slow start to their season? No, but let me give praise to Anthony Edwards, who okay. is probably, for me, he's one of my most exciting players to watch in the NBA. He is the he is the franchise player of the Timberwolves. It is not Anthony uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I agree. Get started. I like Cat, but no, it's Anthony Edwards. Um, again, probably one of the most exciting players to me to watch in the NBA. I love me some Anthony Edwards. Uh, don't get me started on the Lakers. That is another topic Ooh. for the show. Um, who else do you have in there? Mavericks. Um, oh and- my, the Mavericks. Look here. We had a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> About um about Zion and Ben Simmons, okay. Let's throw oh, Luca. No. Can we throw Luca's name? Oh, oh, I, we not, I'm not even gonna ask. We are oh, throwing no. Luca Dodge's names in that category with, with Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson. Okay, now we have a greater sample size of Luca because uh, he it's not this is one of his first time missing multiple games at a time like this. We know what he's about. We've seen it in the postseason. We see it in the regular season. He, you know, it depends on who you ask. He's an elite player. So he he's highly, highly, highly regarded over Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson. But his diva and the fact that, like, outside of the regular season, he doesn't strike me as a guy who works really hard over the offseason. As it has been well reported that he came into the season overweight and now he's missing games as is because I think COVID protocols or injury, one of the two. Um, so you combine him being overweight – just not being in basketball shape um, coming into the season. And then you add in this other drama um, with him and Rick Carlisle, who is no longer the coach there. And then, you know, they got out to a real slow start. Again, he's only, he's, he's been a lot more active than Zion had been. So he, he deserves credit there. So I won't really speak on that, but that doesn't get, I don't know. He's just like his diva status is like almost Kyrie levels. Like I, it doesn't go without say that this guy he he's starting. To, he's just beginning to rub me the wrong way. I don't know about any other NBA fan now, but yeah. I, he just Dallas to me seems like that great franchise that's capable of rattling off an NBA Finals run or championship. Uh, you know, every five seasons. You know, I know yeah. Dirk got one um, with a team that you could probably say overachieved, but they took out some giants on the way there. Yep. And I think Lucas just cut from that same cloth in terms of what Dirk was. I and I just I just said it because I, I I like Luke a lot and I love watching him play. So to see what he's going through to start this season, it just has rubbed me the wrong way. That's uh, that's what I'll say about the Dallas Mavericks and Luca. But insert yeah. his name with that Zion and Ben Simmons, um, you know, fiasco. Because I just it's these young players who 
I don't know. They think they're Kobe and they think they're <laughs> LeBron, but they just ain't done nothing yet. And it's just frustrating to see young players act like this. Like, man, yes. what is going on? Yeah, we, we've already said it, right? Like, like, yes, you've had great seasons, but you've done that for how long? One, two, three seasons? Like, come on. Oh, man. Like, Kobe didn't just do it for two or three seasons. Those those guys, Dirk, I mean, even Dirk, those guys yeah, didn't do Dirk it too. for – they didn't do it for three seasons. They did it for 15, you know, like – like, come on! Like, like you don't you don't get that recognition and that hype that early. Like, keep playing ball. Uh, and, and the sad thing is, is it seems like the Mavericks have had a fairly healthy Kristaps Porzingis who's playing yeah, exactly, well. exactly. Uh, but now that we've got a healthy Kristaps, we've got an unhealthy uh, and and diva diva like uh, Luka Doncic on the sidelines. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, let's 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 get them together because I think that is a team that can take off. Um, in terms of the Lakers, the Timberwolves, I think they're going to be right around, around where they are. I don't think they're quite ready. Um, I like Anthony Edwards. I like Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think they're quite ready. The Lakers, I think, can take off too, but they are really making me nervous right now. I'm not sure what to think about them. And then last night. They're not making me nervous. That's just a bad team. They're yeah. just a bad team. They remind me of what the Chiefs were early in the season. They're just not a good team right now. It's just And it shows. Like, I know they got LeBron. Just like, I know we have Patrick. But they're just not good right now. They're just not. Do you think there's a chance they do what the Chiefs did and flip their season around? Or do you think they are just – right now they're sitting in the play-in tournament. Do you think they're stuck in the play-in tournament? No, I think they're better than that. Okay. Um, they're better than that. I don't know if they go on quite the run like the Chiefs are right now. I don't know if they can get that hot because the, the teams at the top of the West right now are actually good yeah. with the Suns, the uh, Warriors, and then the, the, the Jazz, regardless of what you think about them when it comes late into the postseason, that's a quality team. You can Absolutely. pencil them into a second round, maybe a West Conference Finals, um, given how the seeding seating plays out. But that, they're a good team. The, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, now, I don't know if they can get as hot as the Chiefs, but they can, they can turn it around because they do have LeBron James. Okay. Uh, Anthony Davis, I wouldn't put him in that Ben, in that Zion, Luka, Ben category, but... <laughs> He's close to. <laughs> He's getting there too. I know he has a championship, so maybe he doesn't qualify. But I, I, I how about this? I would put him in that like Kyrie Irving, okay, Anthony yeah. Davis. Yep. You know the guys with the one championship who you can't really talk stuff about, but you kind of like you get raised eyebrows, or in AD's case, you get that single. Race eyebrows, like I don't know about this guy. <laughs> like he's he's really good, but man, he can be a punk sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, lastly, last team in the play-in tournament is the San Antonio Spurs, and I think we're looking at because because I mean that's a team that's really doesn't have much of an identity. Uh, honestly, their their guards, Derek White, Dejounte Murray, uh, those are some of their best players. Um, they have a. Johnson, Kendall Johnson, maybe I don't, I don't know if I'm getting that last, that first name right, uh, but he's solid too. But they, they just really don't have that much of an identity. Jakob Pertle is their big man, who used to be a backup for Jonas Valanciunas in Toronto. Uh, so I mean, really, that I think you're looking at in the West. I think your playing tournament's gonna be, it's gonna have one just not very good team in it. The Sacramento Kings are like one game behind the Spurs for that last spot. Uh, so I just. I really think that West, that playing tournament's not going to be – it's going to have three, I think, solid teams. You know, if you have someone like the Lakers and the Mavericks still in it, still in the playing tournament, it's going to have some solid teams in it, but it's going to have some not very good teams in it too. Uh, 
I just don't think the West is going to be as deep as the East this year. I think the East will be more competitive all the way through the playoffs. Yeah, you mentioned as we introduce the segment the Spurs, um, or I mentioned the Spurs. Those guys been like a, a good trade destination uh, because yeah. they do possess some some valuable assets like Dejounte Murray and company. Uh, I think yeah. Pardo could be a good uh, five or even. Um, a backup five on a, on a, on a contending team. Yeah. Uh, the, the Spurs have, they're well coached. They play some defense. They're not explosive offensively, but they, they can get, they got some guys who can fill it up occasionally yes. led by DeJounte Murray, who is seem who seemingly who's got, who seemingly who's gotten better year after year, Absolutely. especially following his, uh, when he tore his ACL about two or three seasons back, he's just gotten better and better since he's returned. I think he's a quality NBA guard. I, I, I'll be interested to see if they if they sell or if they buy at the trade deadline. Yeah. I think, again, I think they do have some viable, tradable assets. Um, and I think there's ways they could probably make that team better. So I'll be interested to see what they do. Thank I don't you. have great postseason expectations for those guys, but they're, they're, they're a solid Western Conference team. They're not bad. They're not great, but they compete. And it, yeah. look, it's, they're coached by Popovich, so they're they're a good team. Yeah, they're going to compete uh, nonetheless. Yeah. All right, let's jump in. Let's let's round the show up here. Uh, NFL Week 16, winners and losers, Kelvin. Last time, which it's been a little while, but last time I only brought one of each. So this time I decided to load up. I've got three winners and three losers from Week 16. Uh, would you like me to start us, or would you like to start us off with winners and losers? Now, go ahead and give us. Go ahead and start us. All right, I'm going to give you one of each, and then I'll let you wherever you've got. I'll let you pick up uh, with some of your winners and losers. My first loser of Week 16 is the NFL. Uh, oh. The NFL. The NFL in general, because it looks like COVID is getting back into the NFL, and it is heavy. And that's the only reason I say that. I'm concerned for these last two weeks and moving into playoffs. If we can't get, you know, the right guys on the field, I mean, Baltimore's playing without um, Tyler Huntley because of COVID. I think Lamar Jackson was just an injury uh, instead of COVID, but still playing without Tyler Huntley, who would have been their backup quarterback um, because of COVID, and and, uh, and so many other people, right? Travis Kelsey, I think, was out for the Chiefs because of COVID. Yep. Uh, Harrison Butker. I mean, look, you guys were missing a lot of players with COVID. You got some of them back, but you were missing some still. And, and I think they said 96 total on Monday tested positive, or, or maybe that was Sunday. I don't remember. But the NFL is a loser in week 16 because of all of the positive COVID tests, all the players we missed. I think the Browns had multiple offensive linemen out. Uh, look, it, it, the NFL is in a tough spot to end this season healthy. Um, just the last thing we want to see is, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, a Travis Kelsey, a, you know, Anybody in the playoffs who is a starting player, to see them out, that's the last thing we want to see heading into the playoffs. So I think NFL is a loser for Week 16. Winners, my first winner is Josh Allen getting revenge on the Patriots. After that icy, cold, frigid, windy day in in Foxborough, uh, Josh Allen got revenge on the New England Patriots with an – actually, I think flipped that. I think it was in Buffalo, not not, not Foxborough, uh, the cold game. But the cold, windy game where the Bills barely even move the football, Josh Allen gets revenge. He throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and the Bills roll past the Patriots. Uh, that, that was a huge game for Buffalo. They needed that win. Um, and just to get revenge on the Patriots, I think, was huge for Josh Allen. 
Yeah, so you, you came in hot with the losers being in the NFL. That was a pretty good one. Um, and I, I was gonna give you a winner. Just piggybacking off the Josh Allen winner, okay. Buffalo Bills. Okay? okay, that was their statement win of the season. That was Josh Allen's best performance of the season. Um, that was the closest thing to MVP we've seen from Josh Allen. The Bills look great. That was a win that I think really, you know, like puts that franchise back on the map in that division. That was the win that they needed to tell Bill Belichick specifically, hey, we are here. Stop playing with us. Yeah. You got <laughs> the same. Yeah. Those, those days are over with. We here now. That They got away with the first win in Buffalo. Uh, frigid temperatures. Um, the quarterback, Mac Jones, only throws the ball three times. All right, yeah. Buffalo, they said, damn that. That's not happening again. So <laughs> that, that was a that victory goes a long way in that division. Loser, tanking, Texans, Jaguars, Lions, with the exception of the Jags, who do have three wins this season. Um, the, the, the Detroit Lions have fought and fought and fought all season. Hey, they have four wins. Um, and then the – who's the other team I mentioned? Um Texas. Texans, they just beat the Chargers. And David Mills, who who was drafted, I want to say, be after Mac Jones. Yeah, um, yeah. I, think, um, I think he was late. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah when, he, he I came think later he in the draft. Yeah. But, you know, those three teams, they have fought, and they haven't, like, tanked. They haven't gone out there and just sent out their worst players. They fought and they've competed. Uh, the Jaguars kind of bought a lot of that upon themselves internally. But the Lions yeah. and Texans, man, no tanking. Fight, fight, fight. And they're winning ball games, And it makes for great late-season football because we know teams are just giving up. Loser, yep. tanking. Okay. Uh, I'll add a loser. I think the Chargers. Um, uh, you just mentioned it with the Texans. Uh, we, we talked about it earlier in the show. I think they're a loser of Week 16. I think you can write their season off. Yeah, they're 8-7. and seven, uh, But I think you can write their season off. The AFC's got a little deeper than the NFC in terms of playoff teams. Uh, there's there's some better records uh, than the Chargers. I think I don't I don't see the Chargers making the playoffs after that loss. They've got two they've got two weeks to try and turn it around. One of those games will be against the struggling Broncos team as of late. But uh, I think the Chargers are a loser after that loss to the Texans in Week 16. I think you can kind of chalk their season up as done. Uh, Joe Burrow is my other winner, another quarterback. Dude had a massive game. Um, forget that the Ravens were down to their third-string quarterback. It would not have mattered. Joe Burrow throws for 500 yards, five touchdowns. Um, the dude went off. He is a winner. He keeps the Bengals alive. A team that I was doubting after that bad loss to the Jets, they have proved me wrong. They are sitting at 9-6 and six and on top of the AFC North. Uh that's a good one. Uh, loser, the Raiders coffin. And let me let me break that down. We I well, let's start with myself. I put the nails in the coffin as soon yeah. as the whole Gruden fiasco uh took off. Me too. From, from the moment that it took off and it and, and things happened uh that also unfolded that didn't turn out well, like with the release of their corner Arnett, Henry Ruggs, all that seemed to follow the Raiders yet. <laughs> yet they are still <laughs> in the hunt the loser the raiders coffin because i think we all threw dirt on the coffin but yeah. we never like the raiders never actually buried themselves like they're nope. still in this so they deserve a boatload of credit taking my my you know my fandom out of it the raiders deserve a crap ton of credit for just fighting like they're 
kept their heads above water, given that this turmoil season that they've had. And, yeah, losing to Kaufman because they're not in the Kaufman yet. Yeah, dude, we're on the same page here. We've been bashing the Chargers, and I'm with you. I think the Raiders deserve credit. They went we, – we put the nail in the coffin when the uh, – we tried to when the Gruden stuff happened. And then, like you said, Ruggs and Arnett just piled on top of it. We're like, oh, yeah, that's it. But it wasn't. They kind of stumbled for – they, they beat the Broncos and someone else, and they looked like, okay, ne- never mind, they're going to be fine. But then they stumbled. And they had a losing record. I think they were six and seven, but now they've won two in a row. And they're back above, and they're eight and seven. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. The Raiders, Raiders are fine. They're they're tr- gonna try. They again, they've got two more games. We, we'll we'll have to see what they do, but they're gonna they're gonna push for a playoff spot here at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think they'll make it, but they're gonna push the teams above them. So, like the Dolphins, I know the Chargers shot themselves in the foot, but they're still in the running. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're gonna push some teams to really play their best brand of football. But, yeah, I mean, we're all losers in this. Like, they're just not dead yet. Yep. Um, I'll give you another winner. Okay. This, this is simple, really. I mean, um, Chiefs Super Bowl odds, I, look, <laughs> um, I just don't <laughs> – we're the best team in football right now. Uh, I look across uh, – how about this? Let me take that back. Let me not gloat on the Chiefs. Winner, Buffalo Bills, Okay. Okay. And I was. Uh, this is what I was going to get at with the Chiefs, at least. But I'll scratch that. Winner Buffalo Bills, because with that win alone, I think that qualifies them as that the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Just with beating Bill Belichick, having the head coach and the quarterback that can go out there and execute and beat that guy. Credit to um, the Buffalo Bills, because I think they have immediately emerged as the biggest threat to the Chiefs right now. There's only one game. Sure, and that was a division game before anything else. Yeah. But I, I would put those guys as like, whoa, maybe those guys are ready for the Chiefs now. And don't forget, the Chiefs lost to those guys uh, within those first seven games. The Chiefs haven't forgot about that. So if the Bills get to that point, trust me, the Chiefs will be ready. Because they didn't forget about that shellacking they put on us in Kansas City. Winner Buffalo Bills, though. Okay. This will be it for me. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to make these qu- pretty quick. But like I said, I went overboard after after being so shorthanded last week with just one apiece. I went overboard this week. I got Vic Fangio as the loser. Um, as, a Broncos, as a Broncos fan, of course, I'm a little biased. Uh, but we've seen Teddy Bridgewater under, season, under center all season. The offense was a little lacking. Um, couldn't quite get it done. Uh, but the defense has been great all year, and that's why the Broncos have stayed around 500 all year. But – now we've seen Drew Locke under center, too, after Bridgewater got injured. And Drew Locke, Drew Locke played well. He only threw seven incomplete passes. He threw for over 150 yards. Not Nothing flashy, but he did well. But the Broncos couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They did it one time. And, Kelvin, the one time they got the ball in the end zone was after Bradley Chubb's interception return got stopped at the one-yard line. And then we ran a one-yard touchdown. If that's your only time getting in the end zone, you've got problems. You've got problems. I don't care what it is. You've had the you've had this you've had the uh, easy the the easy quarterback where you just check downs and small routes uh, just picking up you know five six yards at a time with a great run game and then this week we've got the guy who can sling it deep he completed a couple of 20, 30, 40 yard passes um, but we still couldn't put the ball in the end zone and look I I wasn't too hard on Vic Fangio until now we've seen both quarterbacks not get the ball in the end zone I. I think I've seen enough. I think Vic Fangio needs to be replaced at the end of the season. 
My uh, winner. Yeah, so is, yeah. Uh, my winner is the Indianapolis Colts. They have put themselves in position. They're one game behind the Titans after that big win on the road over the Cardinals. Uh, and they have the Raiders and Jaguars left, two winnable games. Uh, Raiders will be tough, but two winnable games. Um, if they can win both of those, they have maybe given themselves a chance to overtake the Titans and win that division. Now, of course, if the Titans win both games, then, then the Colts won't be able to win the division. But the Colts have given themselves, with that win on the road over the Cardinals, they've given themselves a great chance to win their division uh, in the AFC South. Hey, everybody's buying stock on the Colts, uh, not me. Okay. This is my thing with the Colts. Uh, and we've seen it, so I'm not just speaking out my butt here. <laughs> the best running backs in football don't beat the Chiefs. Okay? okay, it just don't. It just doesn't happen. We've seen it with Derrick Henry, AFC title game. He couldn't beat us. Um, we've seen it in this past matchup against the Titans. Derrick Henry, 23 rushes, 23, 27 for 86 yards. Uh, the tell of that game was the offense putting putting up three points. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, it it just it it doesn't matter if if you have a elite MVP caliber running back. Good luck against the Chiefs because it's not those guys okay. that beat you. You have okay. to have the quarterback to do it. I like Carson Wentz. I haven't given up on him, but I haven't seen anything that shows me that he can outdoor Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead Stadium. I haven't seen that. I'm not sure he can do that. So that's my old, that's that's why I'm I'm reserved to buying stock on the Colts. I get it. They have a great defense. They fly around and make plays. They have MVP candidate and Taylor. But can your quarterback outbeat my quarterback? Outthrow, outscore, outgun. I just don't see it right now. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I am buying stock in the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Uh with the defense like they've got and that and being able to melt the clock. I just I think great things can happen for a team who does that. Um, but like you said. It's not always a guarantee. We've seen AFC title game. We saw the Chiefs uh, outlast the Titans. So, yeah, um, all, all that makes sense. But I may be the dumb one, but I'm still buying stock on the Colts. Yeah. That's all right. I think that'll I think that'll wrap us up, Kelvin. Another show in the books. Um, anything, anything, any last things before we get out of here? No, I appreciate you guys listening. That was a great show. I think we had great takes. And we will see you guys on Friday.